Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Along Podcast. Tyler Dunn here. Jim Onis there. Sponsored by Hamburg Brewing Company. Uh, a lot of new beers in there. Make sure you get on over to HBC in Western New York off the 219. Get your raspberry colshes. Get your IPAs. Get your sours. Berry Berry Sneaky, still number one on the power <laughs> ranking here uh, for the summer beers, Jim. How is everything in your world? It's been... It's been way too long, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person. Uh, you've been a busy man with this XFL. I know you, you probably can't get into the nitty-gritty detail, but no, a lot of fun stuff happening over there. I think we've both been busy. I mean, you, it's not like you haven't had a lot going on. Finishing a book, you know, you got the family vacation, you got article, you got stories on Chase Edmonds. So, I mean, it's not like you're not busy either, but I think we're both just busy. And, yes, it's time for a very, very sneaky as soon as we can. Um, would love that. But yeah, everything's been well. We finished all our showcases in the XFL and had our big press conference the other day in Arlington. And it was really cool to be a part of that. And uh, it's, it's really it's been interesting to be a part of this from the ground up. And uh, it's a lot of work, but a lot of people are so passionate about it. And there's still a lot more fun to come. And, you know, I'm kind of excited because I'm going to be scouting the preseason a little bit in the NFL and it takes me back to my scouting days. So it's just been nice. You know, these showcases was like working football camps growing up. You know, my dad had high school football camps. He was a college coach. And, you know, you're just out there. You're just doing whatever you can to help. You know, you might be you might be emptying, you know, um, water bases for signage. You might be getting water for the guy's time in 40s. You know, I'm just you, know, you kind of fit in where you can. And I just I love that stuff. So but but seeing all the players work out, putting their hearts out there like that. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. It's the yeah. essence of scouting. The sport, it's really the essence of the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are really putting your eyeballs on people who love this game to its core and want to stay in this game by any means necessary. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it's on you guys to find talent, to find a product here. So it yeah. really, it really is the ultimate assignment if you're a scout, isn't it? No, it is. This is the fun part. Like, I, I always used to laugh, like, certain guys, there's certain guys scouting, like, somebody always asked me about, like, who's the best, you know, what was it like scouting, like, Calvin Johnson? And I just put my arms up. Like, what? Yeah. how do you brag about scouting? You don't brag about scouting Calvin Johnson. You just feel fortunate that you work in scouting and you're able to watch a guy like that come from, you know, get to see his career in college. But Right, you're not, you're not the guy who found Calvin Johnson, right? That's not scouting. That's not scouting. It's but it, it, in scouting, it's difficult to, to make the decisions uh, b- beyond those studs. Yeah. But like this is even more difficult than yeah. I would think now the decisions that you made in Philly and New Orleans and Buffalo. Yeah, and that's what I always loved about scouting. When I was an area scout, I always loved the uh, undrafted guys, I'm trying to get those guys to sign. And uh, so it does take me back a little bit to that. 
because that's what we're going to be doing now. You know, we're going to be evaluating the NFL rosters, you know, the guys that are possibly getting cut. So it's going to be a good, you know, it's going to be fun to watch tape on those guys again and, uh, you know, see how it shakes out. It's pretty cool. I mean, the XFL has come up in so many conversations I've had with players for stories at go long. I mean, I'm, I was just doing a and a with Clay Harbor, you know, the, a tight end in the NFL for a decade, and he was on The Bachelorette. And oh, yeah. he's like, hey, t- tell your guy. I told him about you, Jim. And he said, hey, tell your guy. I want in. I want a shot. <laughs> He'll bring a Bachelor would, audience. Well, we're going to talk about that. But, um, you know, guys like that, that's that's true passion. I mean, the fact that he yeah. still wants to play football. And I scouted him, you know, when he was playing. I mean, he was always one of those guys in the NFL that you would pay attention to, like – you know, he might've been on a practice squad sometimes. And was that a guy you would pick off, you know, their practice squad for your stuff like that. So no, it's been cool. It's funny. Um, just seeing like the reality TV thing with Clay Harbor, you know, you, you forget about like, I know how popular that show is. Not yeah. I know I, people I mean, like you like it. My good buddy, Dan <laughs> Koob, who I worked with in Wisconsin, uh, big bachelor I guy. I hope Dan's listening right now. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but it's, no, no. you know, who was uh, Nick, Nick Viali, a uh, big Packer yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we got close a few years back. We, we had a couple beers in Wisconsin once. Great guy. I didn't even know he was a, you know, celebrity, but uh, go long subscriber too, I should add. So it's big. Who knows? Maybe Clay Harbor will be running around the XFL and it's just really exciting to see, you know, you guys kind of build over there and, it's going to be more football for people when this NFL thing wraps up. So you can sense the hunger. It was real. People wanted it. And then it was cool. yeah, COVID it was cool had to, to ruin ESPN. everything. Like, you know, ESPN was doing drop-ins on us for SportsCenter Live, things on SportsCenter when we were at the showcase in uh, Jackson, Mississippi with Deion Sanders. And then they did it with um, us in Texas. So it's, it, it's you know, it's really nice to see ESPN – you know, kind of backing it and supporting it and the NFL too. So yeah, definitely, definitely some good times ahead. I think. Phenomenal. Yep. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's yeah, so crazy. How about you? you've, been, you've been traveling to training camp. Not, not before I thought that our, our car was stolen on vacation, Jim, I should share that story text, real quick. You text me that. <laughs> it was, that you know, it was a great family vacation. We were down in Virginia beach, uh, with my in-laws my wife, two kids, um, sister-in-law, sister-in-law's boyfriend, cousins. It was a rip-roaring good time. Ella's making friends in the uh, community pool, Get, getting a little handsy. You know, she just, she's got that cute aggression. Ella, I love her to death. She just wants to play with these kids. Yeah. These complete strangers at two years old. Uh, but yeah, there, it, was, yeah. <laughs> there was a brief uh, moment of panic. My poor father-in-law had to see a very different side of me. You know, there were... I might have punched the door and there might have been a family of five on the door and there might have been F-bombs thrown because I thought that our car was uh, stolen, Jim. I, I really did. It was it was something else. Wait, 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 wait. I got to hear the punching of a door. I will. I should backtrack. So we yeah, ordered a pizza. You can't just throw that out there. I need more. Right, right. We ordered a pizza for the crew. And uh, my father-in-law, avid listener, Paul, just about the best human being that you can meet on the planet. Not a mean bone in his body. Love him to death. Um, the nicest man that you'll meet. And also, I should add, a Bill season ticket holder since, you know, the, the 70s. He's, he's lived through it all. So order a pizza. Go down to the 
just to find the Toyota Highlander there in the parking garage, nowhere to be found, nowhere to be found, you know, did a couple laps. Um, you know, it wasn't that big of a parking garage, kind of fast forward, call the complex for, uh, where we were staying. They contact the towing company. The towing company tells them we don't have it. We don't have the car. Hmm. Um, lo and behold, they just they, they misheard the license plate number on the phone. The towing company did have it, but there was a very short window of time there where, you know, we're ready to call the uh, police department, look at security footage and, you know, it's major freak out mode. But, you know, the easiest, whatever it was, $170 that I've spent in my life to just know that the, the car was. And you know what it was? It was my fault. I didn't I had a parking pass. And I just didn't put it up. And I, I was going to get around to it. Didn't do it. There were empty uh, parking spaces in the garage in addition to the ones that had the room number on it. So I just assumed, you know what, you can go in these empty spaces. It's kind of a free-for-all, visitors, what have you. Mm-hmm. And the at the towing company, I found the guy who actually towed my car. And I told him, I wish I could hate you, but you're an incredibly nice guy. And we had a great conversation. And he admitted he said, look, I towed your car because you were in an empty space. If you were in, the, in somebody else's number, you know, I got to call that person and give them a chance to move their car. It was easy to tow your car. So there you have it, people. Make sure you get that uh, parking pass up. You guys both were honest with each other. I mean, that's good. Like you admitted, like you, you, you're admitting that, yeah, maybe you didn't need to do it. But you're, yeah. you're also doing your job. It's also not like an official in a game. Like, you didn't need to make that call. But <laughs> I did. But I did because, like, holding but on I every did, play, there were other cars that didn't have the pass up. Several cars I, didn't I, have their pass up. Saying. I did foul him, but come on. It didn't, like, did you really need to call it? Yeah, I think he, it's like, he almost felt bad. <laughs> I, I don't know. I should have been pissed off at him, right? Like, this is a guy I need to hate. But I couldn't hate him. It was like oh. a young kid. He was really nice about it. Oh, you know, nice I don't know what led him into the, this line of work. You know, no. what leads you into the line of work at towing other people's vehicles? I, I would imagine not a good path, right? <laughs> Probably not a good path. Man, it, it would take, if I was doing that job, Yeah, it would take a lot for me to actually tow somebody. I think I'd put that thing right in park. Well, not to mention the two car seats in the second row, right? I mean, we're a family of yeah. four, clearly. Like, I'm not. If I saw that, I'd be like, man. If There's I Coco this Melon car, and toys everywhere. Like, come right. on, dude. Yeah. Like, that that screen, if you tow that car, you know you're giving somebody a huge headache. Like. Oh, man. I, like I said, I thought it was stolen there. So, it, I wasn't even that upset yeah, to know it was accounted for. It, right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you went from like, wow, yeah, that's. That's a lot. But it was fun. It was fun. And, yeah, back at it. So we're uh, cranking out stories. Got the series on, on Chase Edmonds rolling at golongtd.com now. So folks can check that out. Um, have a really fun story next week planned. Uh, Rashad White, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. Man, um, remarkable story on his front. We spent some time together. So uh, thanks, everybody, for reading and I'm really thrilled to sit down with you, Jim, and we're going to talk about your role. I'm not going to tease too much here on the podcast, but we've got some big plans for 2022 with uh, my co-host. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think we're having some fun stuff coming. Training camp. Training camp, training camp. So 
Here's what we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about the Buffalo Bills eating turkey burgers. Let's just get that out there. I can't do it. I don't wait, give wait, a wait. shit. Go ahead. I just, I just don't care. I mean, I know everybody's writing stories and talking about it. Who cares? I can't. That Josh Allen and Jordan Poyer enjoyed turkey. I'm sorry. I just, I can't get into it. I think it's disgusting. Read, you know, I read today that Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh, his first two passes in like a team period were incomplete and people were calling for Pickett. And Incredible. I said, that's right there, sums it up. I can't do it. Football's back, baby. It's Football's back. back, but I can't do it. Let me know when week one is here. Yeah, I mean, I was out there at Bill's training camp on Monday, Jim, and, man, it's packed at St. John Fisher. Um, you've got grown men screaming at <laughs> Stefan Diggs. My wife loves you. You've got, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds yelling at players mid-practice for autographs and – you know, players kissing babies. And I mean, it is pretty wild. The, the, the fan, but you know what? I, I get it. The bills are Super Bowl contenders, but it was really like that with your bills too. I can remember Fred Jackson Always. getting these crazy Always. ovations at your training camp. Crazy. Um, I couldn't believe I was like to be a part of that. It was not like that in New Orleans. Um, we didn't go away to camp. So it was when I worked for the saints, it wasn't like we had great people with, we had fans come, but it wasn't like that. It was not like that. And New Orleans is insane with their design. You know, they love the Saints. Yeah, those Cajuns, man. Oof. No, it's – it's. I mean, that's the greatest – I said, that's the greatest home field advantage in the league at night when the game is at night in New Orleans. But anyway, yes, this is – I think that's what training camp a little bit is about, is giving the fans who support these teams and put their, you know, their money into their team, you know, and their time invested. Yes, it's a great opportunity the great you know, that, that's why I got and so I, pissed yes. off how difficult it was for people to get a training camp ticket. You know, it should be easy peasy, yeah. a chance for, for families to get out, it watch is. these players that are unaffordable yep. to watch in person for actual yeah. games. It's, it's great. It's just, I'm just saying, you know, like people yeah. are going nuts for completed passes against air. Not yes. a lot happened Monday. It, I mean, there'll be days when stuff does happen, but right now in training camp, it's just a matter of, I, I guess just guys getting together for meetings and building camaraderie and, and figuring out how the hell this all works. It's really, it is a lot about the mental part of it. You're only really every team, honestly, the rosters are pretty much set when you go to training camp, just from a personnel side, there might be like four to five positions that, you know, are, are probably, you know, it's pretty much set. And like I said, four to five positions you're paying attention to. And then a lot of your time and personnel spending on scouting the other teams and paying attention to who's getting cut on those teams too. But was but it always that way though? I mean, back in two days, I feel like when there were two days and it really went for a full month, like these training camp practices did decide a lot of jobs and positions. Yeah, and that's a good I, point. maybe, maybe it's just, you know, memory and nostalgia, but I feel like training camp, you know, when I started covering the league in 07, 08 for, for a few camps, it was, it was different. Yeah. I'm trying to remember back. That, that it does seem like a long time ago. Um, Maybe not though. <laughs> no, I still feel like just from the, I don't think I really understood until I was with the bills. Like as an area scout with the saints, I don't think I knew exactly like how many spots were pretty much 
you know, kind of locked up until I got to camp. And then I'd hear the guys talking to powers that be all the decision makers. But when I was in Buffalo as a decision maker, I remember going to camp and we would do that exercise. Like how many spots are even open right now? Like sometimes we're like, yeah, receivers yeah. are set, tight ends set, running backs set, QB set. Like you were pretty honest with uh, EJ Manuel last year on this podcast and told him like he didn't have a shot at that job. He didn't have a shot. No, I, had, I mean that was one. That was probably one of my favorite moments of that talk with EJ. Was right. Matt Castle, Tyrod Taylor, there. EJ's just getting scraps, and you know they're selling this as this three way quarterback competition, but it wasn't at all. It wasn't. Nope, it wasn't. And that's the hard. It was hard too because you knew EJ was competing and wanted it. Nope. Well, we're not going to, yeah. you know, debate turkey burgers and, you know, battles for the <laughs> and Trubisky's incompletions and their <laughs> punning battles. It's, let's, let's try to get at some big stuff. Then um, we spent the last episode with Tim Graham and Jay Skirsky out there at a Genesee brewing company. Uh, great road game there out in Rochester. Yeah. Talk about 13 seconds. So we'll move on from the bills. Um, what about Kyler Murray? And Lamar Jackson, Jim. I think these are two quarterbacks worth sinking our teeth into a little bit. You know, Kyler Murray. I, I I think Arizona had to give him a contract, right? Like, what? A what? What's your what's your other option? You're going to completely blow this thing up and start over and hope you get a number one overall pick again, and maybe that guy pans out. Ab- absolutely not. And there's nobody like Kyler Murray. There's nobody that plays the position. Like him, really. I I don't think – I mean, Lamar Jackson can they're run different. as well, but he's very point A to point B, deliberate. You know, as yeah, far as his spastic, spontaneity, like Kyler's kind of distinctive style, just just roll with it. You know, even if it does cost you $230 million over five years. What are you going to do? I agree. I, I don't personally – there's a lot in his game that he has to refine, in my opinion. Um, but you're definitely, you're definitely going with him. I mean, he's giving you chances. You know, what's your? We always say, what's your next option? Don't have one. I think so we forget I, you too. Gotta, you're invested in him, and as long as he's invested in, in into this, and that's been the big talk about him saying about watching film, whatever. I don't know. We're not there. We don't know. He, if that's true, that that would be scary, a little bit. Just at that position, I just know the passion. I, I, you know, I was around Breeze and saw how much, you know, how much that meant to him and how that gave him an edge. Um, the film and and Murray, when you watch him, it, it it's it's not fun. Like as fun as he is as a highlight reel, they're watching them on offense is not fun. They are not – there's no rhythm to their offense ever. It's it's him just running around. There's a lot of jump balls. There's a lot of receivers making great catches that make him look good. Um, it's That's not necessarily a recipe for, you know, winning a Super Bowl at playing the position that way. Like a lot – there's a lot of talent with him. I think there's a lot more to – a lot more with his timing. Now, all that being said, that whole A.J. Green thing, you know, a play like – you know, they're – you know, what happens if if they were on the same page? Against Green Bay. Yeah. 
in the end zone. Like stuff like that. Like, you know, you know that's, <laughs> I think about plays like that. Like that wasn't Murray's fault. To your point though, on the rhythm and the yeah. offensive style play that that's so well said, Jim, I was just talking to an agent who had a high profile free agent offensive lineman. We'll just say that who could have signed with Arizona for more money than he got elsewhere. And trust me, he get a, he got a lot of money elsewhere and he didn't want to play in this offense with Kyler Murray. He I, thought over I the long term, it. it was going to hurt his value and yeah. that it just wasn't conducive to his skill set. And it, as a lineman, you you don't like to have to hold your block for four five, six, seven seconds and not know what the hell is going on behind you. I, I get all that. And it remains to be seen if this can, can win because two years in a row, things have kind of taken a nosedive for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I, I do think last season though, you've got some justifiable excuses between his ankle, you know, kind of getting messed up mid season. You know, he missed, I want to say three games plus a bye week So just about a month, Deandre Hopkins, you know, not having him for several weeks, killed the offense more than I think the offense really thought it would. They thought they could kind of roll along and, and, they, and they couldn't, you know, th- this quote kind of resurfaced. Kyler Murray um, had a great conversation with uh, Ben Spiegel, good buddy of mine. He writes for the New York times uh, does a fantastic job for a story in December of 2021. This is Murray talking about a style quote. I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and just see it before it happens. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head, I see so much. And obviously most people have heard or seen the clause that's apparently in his contract requiring Kyler Murray now it's like a homework clause, you know, it's almost like a mom telling 13 year olds, stop playing video games and and (laughs) instead do your homework. It's it's ridiculous. You know, I'll let you talk first. I got to, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about it. I'm more saying that quote actually makes sense to me. The way he plays, he plays like he is, doesn't see things. Like I just said, I, I never even heard that quote before, but I was just saying he plays with no rhythm. Like he doesn't, so I, well, that's that's pretty crazy. A lot of money so tough, to, but to he give is that so player. Tough. He is. He's just so tough, and he's so athletic, <coughs> and like throwing the football is easy for him, and it, it's so fun to watch. I just don't know. You know, I did this I, is where Kurt, Kurt Warner. Sorry, yeah. No, it's not. I don't. I don't right now see him being. A Super Bowl, you know, I that I don't see it. This is where Kurt Warner would, you know, interject and say, "This is why Kyler Murray isn't going to win." I mean, he he has told us several times over, "You've got to be able to play in rhythm from the pocket, take your layups, you know, again and again and again, death by a million paper cl- cuts." That's how Tom, Tom Brady just keeps winning Super Bowls. So, I agree, I, but I'd still. Pay him. I'd still keep him. I mean, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, a team that's never won. I agree, too. You don't have other options. And I kind of like that quote in a weird way. I kind of like the fact that he know. I I don't know if he – he wouldn't ever be able to play quarterback the other way. All he's known is his creative style. So you might as well, at this point, lean into it. 
go all out with it, try to accentuate what he does best, just allow him to turn it into street ball. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, fine. But, hey, all your chips are in the middle of the table. Like, there's no turning back now. You made him the pick. Um, unless you're willing to blow this thing up, which they shouldn't, you, you've, no. got to, you've got to go this way. You have to. Yeah, I agree. I think Kingsbury now, if they don't, if they don't make, have some success this year postseason, I think Kingsbury is probably in trouble. And this is where it's interesting too. If you look at their roster, Jim, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up. You know, we spent some time talking about Carolina's roster and it's, it's sneaky good, right? Because we get so obsessed with the quarterback play and right. tend to think, okay, you know, they've been, they've been botching the quarterback position so much Carolina that is, then the roster must stink, but they've got a pretty good roster. They, the they do. Their defense is good. Bad. You look at Arizona and man, it, you could make the case that they're sort of decaying from within, you know, interior wise on the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, you're hanging on to JJ Watt. That gives you something Marcus golden. You're hoping that, you know, he's revitalizing his career a little bit, but Zayvon Collins, I I think they were looking for their own Tremaine Edmonds, a big linebacker that can move is, is that the right player to chase to try to emulate? I don't know. Um, Buda Baker's fantastic, but before you know it, he's going to be kind of old, you know, or getting up there anyways, you know, can he extend his career? Um, you need him to because he needs to be the star on that defense. I, it's not a bad roster, but it's a questionable roster, right? Like right. E- even DeAndre Hopkins, what happens with his game when he, whenever he does return from suspension? Rodney Hudson is your center, you know? You're relying on him to call out all the defenses. He's getting up there. Yeah. No, I, you made some – those are really good points. There are, it's, it's, it's why you, so when you pay him this money, this is why, like, Hey, you, you, you elevate us. You, you, this is on you now to elevate. I did like the Hollywood Brown move though. You know, that gives them. Do you like something? Yeah. I struggle with him. I just, the drops, the drops kill me with him. He drops a lot of balls. I can't. He does. I, I absolutely can't stand that. Like that's like one. It's just. I kind of like drops. You know, I got. I want to mix in some drops. I don't want a guy showing off, Jim. I want to drop here and there. You know. But I can just picture it now. Murray running around like a maniac. Play of the year. Lets it fly. Yeah. What Brown drops it. They're college no, teammates. Yeah. They play pretty well together at Oklahoma. But I will say this. I mean, he certainly has proven he can make plays. You know, I'm just talking, it's just the consistency is what, consistency to me is what separates teams. Like, that's what I'm talking about with Murray. He's got to be consistent. You know, Hollywood, catch the ball. Like, those things aren't, you've got to have consistency to win a Super Bowl. When it's good, though, Jim, like when that offense is clicking, it is yes. like a fast-breaking basketball. It's, it's like it's when the Phoenix Suns were kind of changing basketball with Steve right. Nash and Amari Stoudemire, you know. Right, right. And it's up and down the court with Mike D'Antonio. I, Mike D'Antonio, it, it was insane. It, it was different. That, that's kind of what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do. And it, when it's clicking, it's fun to watch. I mean, no team plays that fast. And mm-hmm. Murray, Murray can play that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I just think their problem last year injuries. It just, yeah. you know, if you have a couple guys go down, it throws off that rhythm. It throws off that timing. 
And that's the problem. You need depth. You need, it is kind of like basketball in that sense. Like if you're going to play that style, you, you need a deep bench of guys who can keep up stamina wise at that pace. Arizona didn't have had that last season. You know, Chase Edmonds got a little banged up. He misses time. James Conner gets a little banged up. DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt. Tyler Murray hurts his ankle and their season just kind of fell apart. So yeah, yeah they, they were the last undefeated team in the NFL and the getting was good. Um, I, I guess you just have to go for it again, though. And you know, I've, oh, yeah. I've talked to people who know Kyler Murray and, and how he's wired. And there are people who kind of think that the whole four-hour thing was a little blown out of proportion and that, yeah. you know, when he's in the building, like, he is in charge, right? Like, he, know, <laughs> he is in command seems, of this offense. That seems so – that just seems like – I just can't imagine putting that in a contract. Yeah. It, it, the fact that you do have to put that in isn't a good that, look. That's, I mean, I just think it's strange. It's almost like a kind of like a like why was it for, like, was like it a for, prenup or something? It's just yeah. like something's wrong it, with this relationship. But was it four to five hours? Yeah, yeah, four hours See, of no, like, no video four, games, no tech. Like why four to five hours? That's what I don't like. Why that number? Like I don't know. I don't like it. But anyway, well, he's going to be. That, you're right about the injuries, though. That was, I mean, that did that was real. What a brutal division, too, when you've got San Francisco and the LA Rams to worry about, too. I mean, Andrew Locke, Seattle Seahawks, but no. I mean, the the Niners <laughs> that, and the Rams are going to getting used to saying that. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll definitely get into our predictions uh, again at some point, but. In Arizona, I mean, do you, where, where do you view this yeah. team? I mean, are can they contend for a Super Bowl? Yeah. I, I think in the NFC, sure. Yeah, I think in the NFC, I would not say that if they were in the like. <coughs> yeah, I feel okay with them in the NFC competing for sure. I kind of put them in hard. that Minnesota the Rams, bucket. It's hard, to, you know. We know the Rams. It's hard to do it again, like the Rams, Green Bay. We, we've talked about them forever. Yeah, man, we're both doing it. Yeah, no, man, what the hell's wrong with us, dude? Um, all right, so Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. there you have it. I will say this, I, you know, based off that conversation that I had um, with somebody who coached Kyler Murray and knows him and his game extremely well. We we just we actually talked today, Jim, as I was taking the kids uh, for a walk on Bat Creek Road here in Boston, New York. It was a, it was a the kids were amazing. I mean, they, 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 they held tough this whole conversation as we were walking back there. So credit to Ellen, Sonny, but it was a great talk. We'll have a story up uh, based off of that one relatively soon. I'm with you in Arizona. Let's touch on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore yeah, Ravens. Yep. Um, we did. I know we did a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> a little bit, but you start. You know, he's there and it's fascinating. It you know what's what's interesting about it, him not having representation. Yes. Because if he did, I don't know if it's right or wrong to have an agent. Like part of me does respect a player just doing it himself. Because really, I mean, it's he's kind of looking smart right now to just not give away X amount of percent to of his deal when if the, the parameters are kind of set, right? I mean Aaron Rodgers does this. Deshaun Watson does that. Kyler Murray signs this. 
Lamar Jackson can ask for more than anybody. I mean, he's an MVP. He's next in line. I think he's in. He can ask for. He can be the highest paid player if he wants to be. And then a year or two from now, it will look like a steal because Joe Burrow will break the bank. (laughs) But the fact that he doesn't have representation, like we don't hear his side of the story, and we don't hear any leaks or really know where the two sides stand on an extension. You know, typically there's that gamesmanship going on between both parties and we're able to kind of like read between the tea leaves and figure out what's going on. Um, We haven't really, I I don't know. Part of me thinks he, he'd like to see the offense evolve. I don't know if that really factors into dollars and cents and wanting more money, but I, I do think that's part of it. Him wanting to see Greg Roman, evolved this passing game uh, to an extent like because he shoulders a lot of that blame and, and you know Lamar Jackson's not perfect he's he's had his rough moments and rough throws but I'm, I'm sure that weighs on him a little bit what do you think well I'm, there's two things I'm fascinated with that we you just touched on it it's funny how we don't like how you said we don't really hear what's going on with the contract stuff or what if there's banter it goes to show you that agents talk to the media. Like, I mean, not that it's not known, but it goes, this one is an example of, we, we don't know what's going on because Lamar, if he's talking, it's him talking to the Baltimore. He's not going to tell anybody. So that's one thing. Um, the Greg Roman Lamar thing, I think is going to be something to pay attention to. Yes. Hmm. There just, there's too much that smoking where there's smoke, there's fire there. It's, you just hear the, it doesn't sound like the players, they're just, there sounds like there's issues there. Like we talked about before with Greg Roman, but I think those are the big stories in Baltimore right there with, is it, you're not getting rid of, you can't lose Lamar. I mean, you can't get rid of Lamar. Like how do you replace Lamar Jackson? I guess and what I'm saying, can't. I'm talking about if they don't feel like their offense is where it needs to be. This is so, the breaking point. 2022 has to be point. the breaking That's a, point. So you're going to go all in on Lamar, but then get him a new offensive coordinator next year? He picked his wide receiver. I mean, he picked Marquise Hollywood Brown, per Marquise Hollywood Brown. When when I did that story on him at Bleach Report, I take Brown at his word. You know, He said that you know, him and Lamar Jackson are, are, are tight, both South Florida guys. And their team asked Lamar Jackson, who do you want? And he said, you know, Hollywood Brown in this draft or Jerry Judy in the next draft. I believe I have that right. It's in the store somewhere. Um, and he's gone. No, he's gone. He, 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 he wanted to get out of there. You know, he, he's going to be in a contract here. He wants to put up numbers. He wants to get paid. He didn't think Greg Roman and that scheme would get him there. You look at that depth chart. It's one of the weaker wide receiving groups in the NFL. Now, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends. Yes. It's a big part of the passing game. Greg Roman, Greg Roman and tight ends are. He wanted Charles Clay for you guys, right? Yes. And it, it, he, and he used him great. I mean, he got everything out of him. And I think he does that with Andrews too. Those two are Lamar and Andrews are, I mean, they're in sync. So I, I, just... be, I know that team is fast. That team's kind of fascinating. I know we talk, that, that's a team I'm really like, if Lamar is on and healthy, that's the team I think that can mess with, you know, Josh Allen or Mahomes a little bit, just because of him. 
because of him. And if that defense obviously is healthy. I mean, no team was as banged up as Baltimore in terms of just key starters. Secondary in done. So the running back room in the secondary, just oh, the running back thing. practice yeah. squad players by the end of the year. Yep. What about so this I, quote to Mike Sando? I'm sure you caught this. You know, Mike Sando does that excellent uh, quarterback tier story this time of year, chatting with uh, anonymous offensive and defensive coordinators around the NFL. Here's what one defensive coordinator had to say about Lamar Jackson. Quote, if he has to pass to win the game, they ain't winning the game. He's so unique as an athlete, and he's really a good football player. But I don't care if he wins the league MVP 12 times. I don't think he'll ever be a one as a quarterback. He'll be a one as a football player, but not as a quarterback. So many games come down to the two-minute, and that is why they have a hard time advancing even when they are good on defense. Playoffs are tight. You have to be able to throw the ball, and he is just so inconsistent throwing the ball. It is hit or miss. Obviously, you know, it's easy to tear that quote down and apart and, you know, shove it into the incinerator because, you know, if a guy wins 12 MVPs, then he's probably pretty good. You know, there is there is always a shred of truth in a quote like that, though, too, right? You do need a guy to win from the pocket three to four times in a row to win in the playoffs, and we haven't seen – we. you and Doug Whaley have talked about it on this podcast. Like, you need to see that out of a quarterback that time of year. I, I do. I mean, with Lamar, yes, but what he's done in a short period of time and not even always being healthy, it's it's insane. Like, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl with him. Yes. Is he going to be the reason you lose? I guess maybe if he does, if he has an off day passing, but you have a chance to get there and win it with him, too. So it's, yes, he would need to. We've talked about that. I mean, he needs to find a way to make those pros in the critical situations in the big games, for sure. But I'm just telling you. This guy, it's, I mean, I don't know what else needs to be said. Yeah, I. at the end of the day, I'm with you, and I've been Team Lamar for a while now. I, he's, how do you defend this? I mean, he's, he's more than adequate enough to win through the air, but what he brings you as a runner, it, it can just drive you mad. I mean, the fact that you have to account for him every play and every gap, I mean, he's a good inside runner. And an outside runner. I can't get that Kansas City Sunday night game out of my head early last season. I mean, he had the Chiefs D linemen. Their heads were on a swivel. They didn't know where he was. They didn't know what he was going to do play to play. And then lo and behold, he's, you know, pop passing something right over your head. So that's something that you want to accentuate to the upteenth degree if you're the Baltimore Ravens or if you're any NFL team. Give me Lamar Jackson. 10 out of 10 times and it's he'll win a Super Bowl. I, I really do think that by the, by the end of his career, he's going to, he's just too talented. He's just too good. We want, um, it's so hard. We want one Super Bowl with the greatest passer, Drew Brees. Okay. So everybody wants to talk about passing, passing accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more that goes into it. Like we have made the most accurate passer in the history of football. And we had, yeah. we won one Super Bowl. Did we have chances to win more? Yes. 
And that's my point. We had an opportunity to win every single year because of Drew Brees. We won one. It's that hard. The Ravens with Lamar have a chance to win a Super Bowl. It, it's so hard. Like, it's just that hard to win. Isn't it just wild, Jim, how games and legacies are are decided and defined by like such a sliver in time. I mean, I'm just thinking back to the NFC championship game last season, Rams, 49ers, Jaquazi Tart, you know, he has an interception in his hands. If he just catches basically a punt of a pass from Matthew Stafford, you know, the Stafford talk is a one eight. It's completely different. It's, this is the same guy. This is the same guy we saw in Detroit. You know, he's going to, he's going to kill you. Instead, they survive. They win the Super Bowl. He's throwing a no-look pass on a game-winning drive. (laughs) It's it's Matthew Stafford, a Hall of Famer. Boom. Now we see him. Now he's on that commercial that's on nonstop. (laughs) I swear I see him on that. I don't even know what it's for. It's all about just that sliver in time. And in that moment, it it can define careers, can't it? Like, think about that. He, if Tart makes that pick, Stafford's career is just, they're all getting bashed. Instead, totally. those guys are less Sneed and McVay are in those press conferences laughing. They can't stop laughing. Jimmy Garoppolo gets to a Super Bowl. Maybe he wins that Super Bowl against Cincinnati. What happens to Jimmy Garoppolo? What happens to Trey Lance? What happens to San Francisco? Like, Agree. It, it really is. And I, that's why, you know, if we're going to kind of bring a full circle, if I'm Arizona and I know Kyler Murray is a freak, I'm paying that freak from the Ravens. I'm paying Lamar Jackson, whatever he wants and agree, roll agree, with it. Agree. just roll agree. with it. Agree. And, uh, so we'll see what happens, but I think that, you know, those are definitely two players to watch this summer if, as you're uh, consuming 24, seven, 365 training camp coverage. Anything else, Jim? That's no, uh, intriguing be, to yes, you. I'm ready. I'm ready to get this thing going. Well, we're gonna hit the road. Um, I wish it was we. I wish you were coming with me, Jim. But I'll be hitting the road next week for some camps. Gonna go to Pittsburgh, or I should say Latrobe, and then the Colts and the Bengals. So uh, three teams that are hoping to contend for Super Bowls right here in the oh, Northeast. Yeah. We'll we'll hit those up. Expect some stories. Through the month, into the regular season, big plans. We'll save them for another show. Thanks for listening, everybody.